Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful sunny at that Friday morning in Queen City, Texas. And uh, we're just uh, excited to be here with God's Word before us. We've been studying the book of Galatians uh, for quite some time now. We're still in chapter 2, moving right along. Uh, today is March the 2nd, 2018. We are still in chapter 2. This is session 17. And uh, everything you need to know just about us really is on the chalkboard. Uh, that's our physical address. Uh, in case you can't see it and you're listening, it's 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. And our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, my YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson. Uh, 316, where these messages are uploaded to, as well as our website that I just told you about, uh, thecrosswaychurch.com. So we keep a year's worth of messages on the website, but on YouTube they go there, and I guess they're forever there till Jesus comes, and we don't need them anymore. <laughs> but uh, we're just excited to be here today. Before we get into the Word, I want to remind everybody we have a book we'll get you for $15. All God's works are done in truth. People all over the country uh, are buying this book and sending me messages telling me that it's brought much clarity to the Scriptures and removed confusion. You know... The Bible says, and we just have to go with what God's Word says, that all His works are done in truth. And the truth is a man named Jesus and what He did for us at Calvary. When you look at the New Testament that Jesus said was in His blood, and really all the Scriptures were through the blood, understood through the blood, written concerning the context of the sacrifice, then understanding will come to your heart and your life will be changed forever. And uh, I'm just thankful for this little 62-page booklet. It can be yours. Send uh, to the money to the website or uh, to this physical address right here. Uh, our latest CD release, 12 messages on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. These messages will help you out. I think almost all of them are on our, my YouTube channel, maybe our website. You can check it out, but we'll get you uh, this for $25 only. helps the ministry to do all that we do here. And uh, one last thing is we mail every week five expositor study Bibles to inmates across the land. Instead of the five, yes, this week I mail ten because the, the stack of letters is getting too high. So thank you for all those of you who give. And uh, for those of you who don't, well, I'm praying God will move your heart to help us do that. We're talking about five expositor study Bibles going into the inmates across the land. I've got more than 50 letters right now requesting Bibles. And uh, I'm telling you, even if we mail 10 a week, we'd still be behind. So let's do our best to, to get those Bibles to those uh, inmates so that Jesus can minister to them inside those walls. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well... Before we dig into this Word of God today, let's ask the Lord to give us a greater revelation that, that, than we already have. And, uh, and I mean that from the heart today. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to be in a Bible study. Lord, to open Your Word and to receive of You what You would show us today. And I pray that we would have ears to hear what You would show us today. For I know there's always more. And I pray that we would come to this Bible study, whether here or online, with a heart that desires more, a heart that desires the increase, the daily bread with daily growth. And I just ask, Lord, for a greater revelation of Jesus. Lord, what this letter to the churches in Galatia was really all about and how it's relevant to us today. And I pray that we would benefit by faith, Lord, from your word today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Galatians chapter 2 verse 9 is where we will begin, but I will back up as we always do just for a moment and and like an old uh, a billy goat backs up a couple steps and scrapes his foot before he starts running but uh and i want to make a statement that i heard my brother lauren larson make last saturday morning while we were in new boston texas listening to him teach and he was talking about the day of Pentecost and the transition of that day back in that day and when God was bringing His people out from under the law and into grace and just all of that. And, uh, and he made this comment that, that flows right with what we're talking about here in our Galatians teaching, and it's this. He said, and it's biblical, he said that uh, 
God removed the light from the Jerusalem church and gave it to Antioch. He moved it from Jerusalem to Antioch. And that's what he said. So, and, and, and in our study, we've been seeing, even in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, John writes a letter, uh, Jesus, through John, writes a letter to the church in Ephesus and, and deals with them about the good things they're doing, but says he has somewhat against them. They've fallen from their first love and their first works, and, and if you don't repent, he says, I'm going to remove your light. So, uh, you know, it's something very re- relevant for us today, the Bible, that we can be walking in the light, but then find ourselves walking without the light, although we claiming we're still in it, and God would have to send a letter or a preacher to remind us of the relevance of God's Word for us today to make us stop and examine ourselves. Is our faith <clears throat> really still in the cross? I mean, it has to be a conscious awareness uh, because we can be moved from that. And if we remove ourselves from Him, such as this letter to the Galatians uh, revealed in Galatians 1 and 6, then we can ultimately and eventually have our light removed, is what the Bible teaches. And the Lord don't want to do that. He wants to increase the light in our hearts and lives, increase the knowledge and the grace of His Son, Jesus Christ. So we need to, uh, you know... Understand that you can be rocking along there in a move of God, and I believe history reveals that. Every great move of God has always come to an end. Every one of them has come to an end. I'm praying that this one, that we're right in the middle of a new reformation here and over the last 20 years, the church is, I hope you know that, and, and, and I really don't believe this one is going to come to an end because I believe it is God being able to bring back many of His people back to their first works, back to their first love, even though while many are being seduced and, and falling away from the faith and, 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 and falling away from uh, love is whack coal because iniquity is abounding in the church. I believe that we're in a move of God that will never die now, that there will be a greater and greater witness, even though it's darker and darker in the world, uh, until Jesus comes. I believe that. And so I hope you'll get on board. It's called the message of the cross, the preaching of God's Word in truth, Christ in Him crucified, the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's, it's, it, it's really... It's really this, we were justified by faith in the cross, and now we're learning that we are sanctified by faith in the cross. And all these works are going by the wayside as God brings His people back to their first love and the place of revival. Amen. So, uh, what, we, what we have seen here is that God did remove the light from Jerusalem eventually, 70 years later. Uh, uh, he tore down, the, allowed the temple to be torn down and destroyed and, 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 and the church scattered. And, and we, need to, we need to remember, we need to be taking this gospel to the ends of the earth. If we get comfortable inside four walls and we don't move this gospel, God's going to come along and move us. And sometimes it's an unleashing of the enemy. Upon, upon our comfortableness and our our slothfulness to do what God's called us to do. If you look back in history, God has always, when He finds a people who get still and they won't do what he, He's called them to do, He will allow things to happen to disperse them. It, it's happened to me and my family. It happened at Babel. It happened at Jerusalem. Whenever we get still and we think we've just got it going on and we don't ever want anything to change, believe me, you can rest assured. God is going to show up either Himself or through someone else Himself through them and cause big changes to take place. So our goal and our our ministry should be reaching for the ends of the world, starting where we are, with the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel, not just Bible reading, but the truth of the gospel. So in Galatians 2 and 9, where we'll begin today, it's, he says, and when James, Cephas, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go. <laughs> I'll stop right there because <laughs> it's relevant to stop right there. That we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. And uh, let's talk about this scripture for a few minutes. 
Uh, first of all, uh, James, Peter, and John seem to be pillars. That really refers to their being the leaders over that church, the ones who were the strength of a move of God there, those uh, that God had saved and established a church there in Jerusalem of many, many thousands, I'm sure. And, and these three men were the pillars of that ministry. They were the ones that the people came to for instruction. They, they were the ones that gave out the Word of God and gave the testimony of living and walking with Jesus in that ministry. And, and uh, so they were thought of as the leaders and the strength and maturity of that church. And, and the Bible here says that they perceived the grace that was in Paul. And that really refers to uh, they realized God was working in and through Paul. And, and although it was very obvious that James, Peter, and John gave the right hand of fellowship, really of go on back to the heathen. Not, not, and I don't want to make it sound ugly, but, and I don't want to be too rough on the boys in Jerusalem because they were born-again children of God, but they were just like I was at one time as a child of God, and most are in the church today, including almost all preachers. They don't understand what Paul tried to bring to Jerusalem. And I believe that is the very purpose God eventually removed their light from Jerusalem. They wouldn't receive that revelation of sanctification. Over the, I hope you, if you haven't, you'll tune back in, uh, uh, go back and look at the archived messages over the last two or three weeks uh, of this teaching, and you'll see uh, that in Acts 21 we, we shared where James told Paul that... Uh, there are thousands of Jews believing on Christ now who are now more zealous to serve the law than ever before. And they just weren't quite getting it. But, but you can't be too rough on them because what a transition that must be. They were born again. Thousands were saved and being saved. They had a church and, and people were still being saved. People are being saved today. But what's, what was absent there, and listen, this is so horrible, what was absent there is still absent 2,000 years later almost, is the message of sanctification by faith in Christ, by faith in the cross of Christ, and, and that we, we have a tendency, you and I, as we're born again and come into the kingdom, we want to serve God with a great zeal now because we see how much He loved us, what He did, what He's given us, and we just want to blast off, and man, we just want to do all these things, and then we begin to believe uh, that we're doing these things, and now we have favor in that by doing these things, we can sanctify ourselves. And even today, we still have millions in our own nation of America that don't even have justification right, much less sanctification. And if you don't get justification right, you can't even have a chance at sanctification. And, but those of us who understand it is justification by faith in the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ. We still have to move on into the place of trusting in that same work of Christ to experience sanctification. And they never did that, as far as we know from the Scriptures, in Jerusalem as a whole. We know and we'll see. Today I'll read through some scriptures and, and just to get us somewhere, and then we'll go back and, and, and work through it uh, this week and next week. But uh, we'll see that Peter was beginning to experience some of that liberty. He, he had been given a vision by God of, you know, the thing coming down from heaven with all the, the, the animals and all the stuff in it. And, 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 and so he would understand that God was going to save the Gentiles as well. And then he preached to Cornelius and watched the Holy Ghost fall on them. When they were before, you know, God was great about interrupting Peter. You ever seen that? When they were up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Peter was saying, Man, we just need to make some booths and stay here. And the Bible says, While he thus spoke, God, God you know, spoke. You know, he interrupted Peter. And, 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 and while Peter's preaching to Cornelius and his family this truth about Jesus, man, God interrupted him again and said, That's enough. I'm just going to save them and fill them right here. And man, Peter was amazed at that. And uh, it's just amazing. So we don't want to be too hard on Peter and James and John. They were sa they were our brothers in the Lord. They're our family. But nevertheless, we have Christians all over America and the world today who are in that same boat. I, I was there. 
But it's been a miracle that God brought me out of uh, thinking I had to, you know, I was saved by grace through faith in the cross, but now I've got to work my way on into that. I've got to do all these things, and that's just not the way it is. Yes, there are many works, but they're all in Christ. That means through faith in the cross. And we're learning these things, and there is a revival in the land, and I hope you will be a part of it. If you hear it, you reject it, I promise you, your light will be removed. I've watched it through the last 13 years, much light that's been offered by God and rejected by His people has caused great devastation upon their lives, destruction. He says, my, what, what's the Scripture say in Hosea 4, 6? My people perish for lack of knowledge. That doesn't mean just they don't have it, although that'll happen too. But the destruction comes, the perishing comes when we hear it and we reject it. When we hear this message of sanctification by faith and we won't go that way god's going to continue to try to reach for you with that and you're going to get irritated with the preachers you hear that constantly preach the truth of the word and bring forth warning and you're going to get sick of that but eventually hopefully hopefully you'll repent and see what god's trying to do in your life there because if you don't he's going to remove your light it's a guarantee he will do it and so let me just read through this. We'll stop with verse 14, but I want to read through this, and then we'll backtrack. But it just it's, it's too good to just try to pick it word for word apart without reading through it first, getting a picture, a little better picture, and then we'll back up. He says uh, in verse uh, 10, he says, Only they would that we would remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do, willing to do. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that, certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that even Barnabas was also carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to... Here it comes. Are you ready for this? When they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If you being a Jew are living like the Gentiles now and not like the Jews anymore, why are you all of a sudden trying to get the Gentiles to live like the Jews that you're no longer living like? That's what the Bible really says there. And, 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 and if, if you see, see, what I see in this is there is a transition period, not just a historical transition period. This is a Christian, every Christian experience transition period. When we were born again, we were brought into the family of God. We were given that measure of faith. We were given the mind of Christ. We have the armor of God and all the other things that I could stand up here and say that we have now. We have now and have access to because we're children of God. All the promises of God are ours. Everything in Christ Jesus. But there is a transition period once you're born again by faith in the cross to learn how to walk and live in that liberty, in that freedom, through simple faith. You're resting with your faith just in that, the simplicity of Christ and Him crucified. Because there is a tendency to when we get around other people that think, well, yeah, okay, that's, that's good, but, and you know, they have this appearance of being more holy. They have this appearance of, of all these, uh, like they've really got more than you spiritually, and they talk a certain way, and, and they, boy, they, they, they have the highest dollar suits. And, man, I, I, somebody posted a guy on Facebook yesterday or the day before, and he was one of the nicest looking men you could ever see in your life according to the world standards of, of, of good-looking men today. which and, and he had on a suit, man, that every man that likes suits would boy, love to have a suit like that and to be able to wear it like he was wearing it. Boy, he was tight. 
He looked good. And man, he had one of those preacher voices where he just talked and he, he used his hands. And, and I mean, it was, I, mean, I recognize what that really is. I always recognize that because I came out of that. And he, and he just going to tell you there's three things that you will do to gain the power, the control of your mind back because the battle is in the mind. And, and it was three things that you must do. And, and I, it's just very sickening to me because he never, he never pointed to Calvary. He never pointed to the cross of Christ. And so I, that, lay, that just let me know he doesn't even know. But that is so hypnotizing and so, man, that because he looked good, he sounded good, and he was using Scripture, but he wasn't using the truth of the gospel. Just wasn't there. Just wasn't there. There were Scriptures he was using that were right, but, but, but he was using the doing. We do these things instead of just simply believing in the finished work of Christ. And Peter, he, he had begun to enjoy the liberty and the freedom of, of, of being in Christ. And he, he, you know, Peter was ahead, I believe, of James and, and those uh, Jewish people because he's the one who had the vision. He's the one who preached to Cornelius, as we said, and watched the Gentiles be saved. And, and I believe that he was experiencing more liberty. I mean, it was, it was Peter who was off out in Antioch, eating with the Gentiles. It wasn't James and John and the boys in Jerusalem, but Peter was out there enjoying this liberty with the Gentiles. And I don't want to say he was better. We're not better than anybody. But some of us are learning to enjoy and experience the liberty and the freedom that's found in Christ. I said we're learning, and there's more. There's more for you. There's more peace to, to experience. More of this love that God has put in your heart to experience. There's more freedom and liberty. There's more. There's always more. But it's only going to come through the avenue of our faith in the truth of the gospel. That's it. Not outside of that. It ain't happening. It ain't coming. And it ain't going to get brighter and better, my friends. It's just not going to happen. So we see here that uh, Paul, he, he's telling these, this church in Galatia, he's write, the Galatia, he's writing this letter to in, in verse 10 that they, they just, they, or verse 9, they gave us the right hand of fellowship. They just said, make sure you give the poor. Make sure you, you know, take care of the poor. Paul said, look, I'm already forward to do that. That's in my heart. I'm, I'm going to do that anyway. Because the church in Jerusalem, they were being persecuted. And, and people, man, back in that day, if you got saved, you lost your whole, what, job, house? Uh, mo if you're, and those in your family that didn't get saved, you lost contact with them, fellowship with them, because they put you out. I mean, it was, it was, man, it was like a massive decision just to be born again because in that day, the loss was evident. The loss was experienced right then and there. If you were a Jewish man or woman or child, and you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, you're out. You're, out. you're, you're, you're no longer one of us, which is a factual statement. We are no longer one of them. We're a child of God now. We're not bound under the law. We've accepted Christ. But, and, and, and because all that was happening, there were, were poor Poverty struck the Christians and back in that day. And so wherever Paul went, he'd take up offerings, and he would make sure he sent money or take it back to Jerusalem. And that's what they were trying to do. And, 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 uh, and Paul, you know, he told them. He said he was forward to do that. But uh, I want to I read some things uh, about... Verse 9, before we move on too far, uh, we need to very importantly remember that because the church in Jerusalem never accepted the gospel that Paul preached as far as sanctification by faith without the law, we've already said this, that God removed their light. The gospel which is for the Gentiles is the exact same gospel for the Jews. There is no difference. Uh, there, there is no difference, and, and I don't want to be too hard on the Jewish uh, church of that day. But again, they were—they're our family; they're Christians. But at the same time, they're a great example of what will happen if you don't receive that greater revelation of what Christ did at Calvary, and how it's relevant for your living in victory today. 
If you refuse that, if you just try to live uh, on your whole 90 years of living with thoughts about going to heaven instead of uh, thoughts about how the truth can cause me to be, uh, allow me to be a witness unto the Lord and a testimony to the world and, and, and think about what I'm here to do right now. I'm going to heaven. Okay, God's got that. I'm going to get there. But my mission and my focus is on how to live for God with victory, to lay up treasure in heaven, to, to bear fruit that remains that my Father's glorified with this life of Christ being lived through me. That's the focus right now. Not going to heaven. That's comforting. That's that's encouraging, but what I need to know is how to live for God right now. That's, that's the focus of your life is to how to please God daily. Well, we know it's by faith, but the only faith he honors is faith in the cross. So, amen. So, Peter, I mean, I'm sorry, Peter. Paul says in Galatians 2.11, he says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Now, let's, let's, let's look at that for a minute. This is Bible, and Paul is blaming somebody. Boy, you don't do that today. And those people who say, you don't, we don't do that, no, you shouldn't be blaming them. You just say, well, those people really don't understand the Bible, and they, only, they don't really know. I'll just leave it at that. They don't know the Bible like they ought to know the Bible. Paul withstood him to his face. This man that got out of the boat, walked on water. This man that had seen 3,000 people saved at Pentecost. This man, I mean, this Peter has all these, this great testimony of living with Jesus, uh, knowing Jesus, watching Jesus, experiencing Jesus uh, on the earth, and, and being used by God even after uh, the, the cross and, the, and the, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. But... But here we, we see a great example of how we can get off track. And Paul had to withstand him to his face. Uh, he didn't just say, I need to see you after the meeting. Uh, because, why? Because everybody needed to know this was a catastrophe. This was somebody that God was using greatly. And the greater the use of God publicly, then somebody needs to bring a, rebu a rebuke publicly. And that's just in my Bible. That's in my Bible. And there wasn't any pre-prior warning to this when Paul saw what was going on. He rebuked him to his face. Because it was not only for the good of Peter, because he was wrong, he was to be blamed, but also, as we'll see, when we're wrong, we're affecting other folk. And the more level of... The greater the sphere of influence God has given us, the greater the influence upon other people's lives we're going to affect, either for the positive or for the negative. We're affecting, everybody, every Christian is affecting somebody, some fewer, some many. And, and, and you know, if people always say, well, I'd like to be a great preacher. I'd like to preach to millions. I'm going to tell you something. There comes a great responsibility with that. People are watching you, man. People are, all you got to do is just put a comma in the wrong spot, and that's it for you. <laughs> I mean, they're watching you, the, and you, you think you want to be this great preacher, and I understand you want to be used of God greatly, but the more you're used by God, the more the world's going to try to cut your head off, and the church at times. So, we see here that uh, when Peter was come to Antioch, Paul says, I had to withstand him to the face because he was to be blamed. And, and we read why just a few minutes ago, because he was in verse 11, when, when before that certain came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Do you see that the, the law was still at work in Peter's heart, but he was a child of God? He was experiencing liberty and freedom, but then there were moments where he was uh, allowed the fear of man to bring him back under the law. And that, that's what was happening. And Paul had such a revelation, the Bible says, that he had such a revelation, God gave him a thorn in the flesh. He had a great revelation of what the cross really meant and the liberty we really have, the freedom we really have. And he wrote about that. And, when, and I'm saying that to remind you that when Paul recognized what was going on, it called for a rebuke to his face. 
Not being mean, obnoxious, ugly, but just really confronting him face to face about this is wrong and this is why this is wrong. Not just you're wrong and that's pitiful and you ought not to be doing that. When the Holy Ghost convicts us of something wrong, he doesn't just say, Curtis, that's not right, stop that. He always tells us why it's not right by pointing to what is right. The Holy Spirit will never just say, don't do that, that's wrong, and leave you alone. He always comes to minister the truth to our hearts, and when we get convicted of sin or something going the wrong direction, He's not just going to say, you're wrong, you're going the wrong direction. He's going to tell you what is wrong, you're going the wrong direction, but here's what is right, and here is the right direction. How many of you know conviction doesn't always speak of sin? Conviction speaks of the Holy Spirit, and I need to say this this morning because of what we teach and preach about all God's works are done in truth. Uh, You know, God who is the Lord, who is the truth, the Spirit of God, the Bible says, is truth. And the Spirit of God dwells in us. Remember, the Spirit is truth. Just as Jesus is truth, the Spirit is truth. And the Spirit dwells within us. So even when we're living under the law, the Spirit of truth that's in us is bringing about a conviction. But it's the truth He's functioning in. I think, what is it? First John chapter 1 says that we have the anointing, which is the truth, in us. We have been given, when we were born again, Jesus, by His Spirit, moved in us. Our bodies are His temple. The truth dwells within us in the person of the Holy Spirit, representing our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, even when we are moving from grace back under law, there is still, because you're a child of God and you have Him dwell, the Lord dwelling in you by His Spirit of truth, that means... There's a conviction there. And that is happening from the place of truth that you have within you. When we go wrong, there's a conviction. You can override that conviction. When you start being led off the path and somebody comes along like Paul here to Peter and says, You're wrong, Peter. You're You've got this wrong, you, you know, and I don't know what all he said there. Uh, well, yeah, we do. We'll get to that later. He gets what he told him right here uh, later in the Scriptures. But you have to imagine uh, Paul is the one that God, by his Spirit, was using to bring correction to Peter. And Peter already had a witness of the Spirit inside who is truth. So, you know, and my point in saying this is when we preach all God's works are done in truth. Well, He is the truth and He dwells in us. And He opposes us from the, from the ground of truth. Even the opposition of God as we, as we turn away from the only way in which He functions for sanctification and, and what He's going to do, when we turn away from that and we turn our... Uh, the focus of our faith to works, there's still a conviction, a, a work of conviction from that base of who He is, which is truth in us. Even our conviction flows from the truth of who He is and what He accomplished at Calvary. And even if we're subtly deceived and deceptively moved off into works and back under law, and, and we override that conviction, and most of the time Christians don't even know what that is. For seven and a half to eight years, we were in a church not preaching the truth of the gospel for sanctification. Uh, uh, and and, and I, there was always something, Robin and I just couldn't put our finger on. We were never 100% sure of all that they taught, even though I got up and tried to preach what they preached and, and wrote things and made CDs and DVDs or, or VHSs back in that day. And, and we, there was always just something we couldn't put our finger on that wasn't right. Today I understand that to be the conviction of the Holy Spirit who just won't give that complete peace if it's not the truth that we're walking in. You can't have it. You can't have it. There will always be something that's not right. You don't know what it is. You can't explain it. And that is in our hearts because of conviction. 
the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So again, conviction is not just I'm, I was convicted of I shouldn't be telling that lie or drinking and getting drunk. Conviction could be as simple as I have the conviction that I should study the Word of God daily. I have, I'm convicted. I, I live in the conviction of partaking of communion or the, even the positive things. Conviction is we're being uh, not convicted as a killer, but we're, we have the, the leading the conviction, the, con- the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the leading power, that witness within us, that you could be convict, you could have conviction to minister to a person by the pork and beans this afternoon in Walmart. You can see that person, and the Holy Spirit leads you to that person. That's the conviction of the Lord. That's it's the unction of the Lord. So I needed to say that this morning because all his works are done in truth. The Bible says that. But it's even the wrath of God revealed from heaven against those who hold his truth in unrighteousness. Everything God does is from the stance of truth, the truth of who he is and what he did at Calvary. And I could get into a whole lot more of that, and maybe we will sometime. But here we see this, that... uh, Again, let's read verse 12. We don't want to move too fast through this because this is where 99.9% of all Christians are. And we, I believe we still experience this our own selves today. We're walking in the liberty. We're walking in the freedom. And all of a sudden, somebody with some great influence, somebody with some great whatever, aurora on them, gets around us. And because of their, their whatever in the world their popularity or whatever, we kind of cower a little bit at them or something. It happens. And I, you know, I, and I, and I think we, we, are, we will always be learning to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're not growing in that capacity, in, in His knowledge and grace, then that means we're backsliding. And if we're backsliding, that really means we, we need to be rebuked. It'll be in love, but the Lord needs to show up and will show up, uh, maybe through a radio broadcast, a television broadcast, or your grandmother, or maybe just somebody you work with will remind you that it's all about Jesus and what he did at Calvary, and everything else is going to bring you into some bondage, some captivity that won't be of God. And this is what was happening here, and we'll see it more clearly uh, he had to withstand Peter to the face because he was to be blamed. Because before that, certain came from James. He did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them. Did you see that? Fearing them. See, liberty, the more you mature in the Lord, the less you're going to have the fear of man holding you in captivity. Fear will kill you. Fear will keep you from functioning in the grace of God. And the only way fear is removed by growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means a greater and a greater revelation of this message of the cross, the only th- message that can, part- you, that can teach you to partake of this Peace, this liberty, this freedom. He says, He fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him. What People are watching you. When Peter got up and got away from the Gentiles, didn't want to be seen over there associating with them because the uncircumcised, the church of the Jerusalem, oh, that big church, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that big church. And, that, and, the, and we talked about last week, the bigger the church, it just does something to the flesh. I tell our teens all the time here, if you can't worship God in our little old church, don't think you going to youth camp at IYC in Baton Rouge and worship God because you won't be worshiping God there. What we do is we worship a place. We worship an atmosphere. We worship a, a, a something going on. If you can't worship God at home by yourself or in your own congregation at home, just because you go where there's 2,000 people, 5,000 people, listen, what are you doing there? If you, if you can't worship God in your home church, listen, and don't give me all this stuff about a greater anointing and all that. The anointing is truth, my friend. And, and it's obvious that the more people you get around who are walking in the truth and worshiping God, that is going to edify you. It is going to edify you. But my point is, you can't be, you, listen, you can't be living, you shouldn't be living in the fear of man. 
you need to be you need to learn to be a worshiper. You need to learn to walk in the freedom you have in Christ. Because if you're a worshiper, and I'm talking about, I ain't talking about just in, in your own way. I'm talking about if you lift holy hands and sing and clap, that's an edification for other people, and there's more of a tendency for them to enter in because you've entered in. Why do you think we have a praise and worship team in churches and choirs? Because we can look at them and see them praising God, and that edifies the church and allows them to, with more liberty and freedom, enter on in. In the Old Testament, God always sent the praisers first because it's something about praising God, he said, that causes him to inhabit the praises of his people. And let me tell you something. If you've got God on the scene inhabiting the praises of his people, you're going to experience a greater liberty and freedom there. If God is on the scene. And I don't mean, well, God lives within me. You know that old act. Well, he's always here. <laughs> I agree with you, my brother. But unless you're aware, aware of a tangible presence that there can be in your life, then you're missing out on the true reality of Christianity. Amen. God with us. Emmanuel. But he says, and the other Jews dissembled likewise with him. Watch this now. Insomuch that even Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. Even Barnabas was carried away. Having been, how many of you know back in the book of Acts, you can read about Barnabas and, and Paul, they're rocking along there, and they've got Mark, and they've got Silas right there with them uh, all of a sudden. And, and, uh, and, and then there's a, a little disagreement there because Mark not going to go on and do the work with Paul. And so Barnabas takes Mark and goes a different direction because they, apparently the, the, the Bible says the dissension, the, the argument, the debate was such heated that they had to separate. But Barnabas took Mark, and Barnabas was an encourager. And Barnabas was really, he, 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 was, he was being used by God. He was, he was traveling with Paul, and he was walking in this revelation of freedom and liberty and thankful for it. But even Barnabas was moved by this move of Peter. And, and I want to I share with you this word about this word dissimulation. There's three words that you can find the definition of in this word dissimulation. And when it says, now I'm going to read it again, I'm going to explain it a little bit. After the, and the other Jews dissembled likewise with Peter, insomuch that even Barnabas was carried away with their dissimulation. And I looked it up, and that word dissimulation means deceit. That means they were believing now something that wasn't right to be believing. Condemnation, which always happens back under the law. Can't get out of it. You go back under the law. It's a ministry. That means it serves condemnation. You ain't getting out of it. And hypocrisy. That's what this word means. Three words. You look it up when you get home. Dissimulation means deceit, condemnation, and hypocrisy. That's all found under the law, my friend. That's not found under grace. Those things aren't found under grace. You've got to get back under the law to be involved with those things. There are now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, like Peter jumped up, ah, the boys from James. Now, he didn't say it, but this is what happened. I'm getting back in the flesh. But that's what he did. By getting away from the Gentiles, who were his brother now, as much as his Jewish brothers. I'm going to say that one more time. He got up and got away from his Gentile brothers that were as much his brothers as his Jewish brothers. Because through the blood of Jesus, there is no upper and lower echelon. We are one in Christ Jesus. And you ought to be glad about that, thankful. But when we, even in our deceitful, our deception, our subtle removal... Listen, Peter... And I'm going to say this, Peter had to have a conviction. I believe Peter was very confused. I believe Peter, when he got up and got away from the Gentiles and moved to the corner of the Jews again, because James's boys or the Judaizers were coming from the church in Jerusalem, I believe Peter uh, probably had some confusion and disturbance within his heart because the Holy Spirit 
The conviction of the truth of what he had received, what he had watched Cornelius' family experience, that was in his heart, in his mind, and yet here he still was wishy-washy. I speak from experience my own self as well. So when he gets up, I believe, that's the, I believe that all he had experienced is part of the reason the conviction of the spirit of truth living in Peter was part of the reason, probably the main reason, that he could accept the rebuke from Paul. Because he knew Paul was right. And you know what? If you're operating by the Spirit of God, trusting in the Lord who He is, that He is the Messiah, that He is the Savior of the world, you're going to be able to receive a rebuke. You're going to be able to be re- uh, 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 rebuked, corrected. Uh, uh, you may not like it, but you're going to have to walk away thinking about it and allow the Lord to do that if it's according to Scripture. You're going to have to learn to do that. I, listen, I want somebody to come and correct me. I've said lots of wrong things, and people have come and said, well, you said this. I said, okay, I'll fix that next time I get up. I'll, you know, I'll make sure everybody knows that ain't what I really meant, and blah, blah, blah. We have to be willing to, to realize and admit we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to say things wrong. i got a faithful congregation at Crossway Church here in Queen City that's put up with me for many years in my ignorance and my learning. You have to let your preacher learn. Learn just like you're learning. I mean, there's. I mean, you think your preacher knows it all, buddy? You might as well get in the pulpit. <laughs> we don't know everything. I, we're learning as we're teaching. It's just flowing through us, and we don't we don't know everything. We just happen to be the one God called and put where we are. And most of us didn't ask for it. Amen. So, it, it's a it's it's a it's a dangerous thing. And here's what I want to say even more so about this. Even if it's in my ignorance, I'm either leading people, pointing people to the freedom and the liberty that comes through faith in Christ alone, or I'm bringing people into a life of hypocrisy, condemnation, and what was the other word? Deceit. Deceitful. Deceitful means I'm putting something on the table that looks right, but it's not right. And it's causing condemnation because if every time I open the Bible, if I'm not pointing you to Calvary, I'm pointing you to works. I'm pointing you to law. And the law is a ministry of condemnation. And, and, and listen, when Peter jumped up and ran to the other side of the room to be with the Jews because he didn't want them to know he was really associating there with them, although they already knew he was, he was experiencing in his heart condemnation. He was experiencing in his heart condemnation. You have to. Because the peace and the liberty, the freedom that you have in Christ, all of a sudden fear has come into your heart. And the Bible says that. He feared them. He feared them. He valued them at a greater degree, even, even though if, if it was but a moment. He valued them and what they thought higher than what he actually had in Christ. That, my friend, will keep you captive in a church not preaching the truth of the gospel because you value that preacher, that relative, that best friend, and you will remain in fear, captive, in hypocrisy, Especially if, you, if your faith is in the cross, you say it is, you think it is, and yet you're in a room full every week with spiritual adulterers who do not have their faith in the cross and a minister putting law on the table for you to eat. There's got to be a breakaway. There's got to be a rebuke. There's got to be, I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to tell me, I don't have to allow Him to tell me, He's going to tell me anyway, but I've got to depend upon Him and know that He will lead me out of that. We've all had to come out of that. And I have not seen yet a preacher that just all of a sudden turns and stops and starts preaching the message of the cross in a church he has. I pray it has happened. Maybe it has. And if it hadn't, I hope it does in the days ahead. Hallelujah. I hope that a preacher could just stop and say, I've been wrong. And now we're headed the right direction. The only stories I've heard of that happening, eventually the preacher got put out. Because most of the church today will not accept any longer the truth of the gospel, which is not only saved by the blood of Jesus, but living by the blood of Jesus, by faith in the blood of Jesus. So 
This verse 13 is very powerful because it tells us that even Barnabas was carried away. Faithful Barnabas, the encourager. And again, I just want to make this point. You and I have been called back to our first love, just like the church in Ephesus was. Us hearing the message of the cross was just like Paul coming to Jerusalem in that day. Just like us receiving a letter as if we were the church in Ephesus by John through the power of the Holy Spirit. There was some, I believe, in that day that would repent and believe what Paul preached, what Paul taught, what John wrote to the church. But I believe also there were probably many that said, Oh, we're all right. We'll make it. We're good. It's only the desperate for spiritual, and we talked about this Wednesday after church, you can be desperate for your marriage to be fixed, desperate for money, desperate for health, desperate for a lot of things, but until you become desperate in spiritual matters, desperate for the Lord, to know Him, to know the truth of His Word, for years before I even knew what I was praying because David asked the Lord, show me the truths of your word. I was asking the Lord that years before I even understood what I was praying for. Show me, Lord, the truth of your word. And you know what? We had to go through a lot of hard times. We lost this. We lost that. We were, uh, you know, got out of a church we were in and where we had uh, good relationships with people, but something went wrong. And what went wrong wasn't the things that actually happened that were wrong. What went wrong was that we were found in a place under the conviction of the Holy Spirit of deceit, condemnation, and hypocrisy. Three things that should not be in the heart of a Christian and will not be if they're living in the victory of the cross. Now, we're going to be wishy-washy sometimes. I know I can get a witness. We're going to, uh, every once in a while, somebody's going to come along just like they did in Peter's life. And, you know, but I believe we're learning to live in victory. You have to begin to learn to live in victory. And you can't do that without faith in the cross. That's where we began, and that's where He will continue to work sanctification in your life, maturity in your heart, as long as you continue to yield your members to the truth that saves you. Yield your members to His Word of righteousness in your life. So it's, it's important here we recognize that when the Bible says that even Barnabas was carried away. Notice it says he was carried away. We refer back to what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy that, you know, we no longer have to be blown away, carried away, carried off by every wind of doctrine. And every doctrine that is not the doctrine that points to the cross carries us away from the, the things we need to be experiencing. Every one of them. Every doctrine outside of that form of doctrine, Romans six seventeen, that saved us, removed sin, made us servants of righteousness. Let me say it again. Every doctrine outside of that form of doctrine that forms us into who we need to be, who should be, will carry us away. The law carries us away from our victory. The law brings us back into a deceitful, condemning, hypocritical place. Just like it did here. It carried Barnabas away. But remember how he was carried away was through someone else's lack of faith. Someone else's someone else's heart being gripped with fear and the value of somebody else being placed in the wrong place, he, because he was, he was looking to Peter as a great man of God. The Bible says a pillar. Even Paul recognized him as a pillar in the church in Jerusalem. Well, so did Barnabas. And when Peter deceitfully was moved away from the liberty he had in Christ, Barnabas was carried away with him. So preachers today who don't know, even in their ignorance, and they don't know the way of sanctification, the people don't know either. And the people are carried away with the same Spirit that carried them away. 
And it's important that when you receive this message of the truth of the gospel, and that's how we have liberty and victory in Christ today, we don't work for it. We believe for it. Again, we just keep believing and learning to rest in the victory of Christ. And as we do, other people will join ranks in this army that God is building. But when we're carried off through the fear of man, the fear of legalism, the fear of what we used to be and giving it greater precedence and and coming under that. Other people are watching that. For a preacher to stand and to be determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified is the best thing that can happen for a congregation. Because they will stand along. Their determination will grow to know nothing else. And if that's what they hear and ministered, they will grow. And they will begin by the Spirit of truth, will reveal the truth of the Word of God to them. And, and, and the more they're attacked by family, co-workers, classmates, they will be able to stand. And not ugly, and not in a, a way of being obnoxious, but just will rebuke, though. That's not, what the, that's not the liberty we were given in Christ. Why don't we read that to close out today? And then we'll jump into it next. I'm going to start in verse 14, and then next week we'll jump into what uh, uh, Paul uh, said to Peter and the people there. In verse 14, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, and, and, I, and I just have to stop there. I, I, you know, it's hard to keep going. If your faith is not in the truth of the gospel, you're not walking uprightly before the Lord. And the scripture in Psalms, I I forget Psalms, what is it, 8411 or 8611, says He will withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly before Him. Think about that. And here we see that our walk of uprightness before the Lord is only experienced through our faith in the truth of the gospel. Powerful. I said unto Peter, listen, before them all. I didn't call him to another room. I I, I rebuked him openly to his face. I I, I said to him in front of everybody, if you being a Jew are living after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why are you compelling the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? If you're not living according to the way of the Jews anymore. Now watch this, 15 through 18. Let's just read it. Next week we'll jump into it. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. See what Paul always brings the attention and the focus back to? The faith of Jesus Christ. The faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, talking about we Jews, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. He's just reaffirming. He's just sharing with them this revelation that he's had. This is what he's telling Paul to his face. I mean, Peter to his face, and ho- and I, probably the others were hearing because he says he did it. He did it openly. We stood him to the face because he was to be blamed. He says, "But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid." For if I build again, he's talking about the law, the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. What he's doing there is really revealing that everybody's saved by the faith of Jesus Christ. And if I go back under the law, I become a transgressor again. Because under the law, there's only transgression, condemnation, hypocrisy for the Christian. To li- these people who are raising up these new ministries today, the, 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 what do they call it? the Messianic Jews, that they're going back and focusing on, not about the cross, just the ceremonies and the rituals, and they're actually partaking and doing of all these things, and their focus is on the ceremonies and rituals. My friend, they've gone back under the way of a transgressor. They're not preaching Christ and Him crucified using those things to, 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 to open up the Scriptures to the cross. They're actually going back and partaking of those things, calling that a, telling you that you can have a greater experience of the Lord if you partake of these ceremonies and rituals. You go back under the law, and as a Christian, you become a hypocrite. You become deceitful because you are under deceit. 
and you're walking in condemnation. We don't have to do any of those things. If you want to study those things, great. But they all point to Calvary where all that was not only fulfilled, but done away with. Can I say that again? Fulfilled and done away with. We no longer serve God by by animal sacrifices. We no longer serve God by ceremonies and rituals. We serve God by faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And if we move back under the law, we begin to live in fear. And we're not called, and we hadn't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, praise God. Well, this has been good today. I hope you'll tune in next week. We'll keep moving through Galatians. I I pray the Lord is imparting and grafting the truth of His Word, the truth of the Gospel in your heart. And uh, there's a lot of things being ministered out there today, but if you want the truth of the Gospel, you just keep tuning in, and God's going to bless you greatly, get you on the right path, keep you on the right path, and bless you beyond what you could have ever imagined on the right path. We love you. God bless you.